Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I don't like blood and guts. But I love them when they're lengthily discussed. The seed of Chucky is what we've taken to calling my daughter. Because her name is Glenn. But also, she's got elements of Chucky in her. My name's Matt Corley. <laughs> my name is Paul Rust. Now, do tell. How so? Because well, when I see Glenn, and I just saw her, always going to be the highlight of the day, uh, a podcast schmodcast, I just saw a, a beautiful 10-month-old. With those beautiful blue eyes. Oh. oh, and those curls and the waves of the hair that are coming in. Just so, so cute. Oh, thanks. Uh, uh, now, she has Glenn from Seed of Chucky's beautiful blue eyes. Yeah. But I think that's where the uh, comparison uh, I don't know. When people come over, she's kind of fascinated by them. So, she's uh-huh. a little more low-key. When people leave... She's just always buzzing. She's she's not like Glenn. Glenn in this movie is low key. She's as you, tender and sensitive. Like you said, she's more like Chucky. Yes. So now on, on a scale of like moving around quickly mm-hmm. to moving around quickly, holding a a, a, a carving knife, <laughs> I'd say she's. Just shy of having grabbed the knife, but all the intentions are there. She just hasn't learned how to do it. <laughs> and you both are the babysitter from the first uh, Child's Play. More than you think, because she won't tolerate a babysitter. She's just learning to tolerate Amanda's sister. So Amanda and I have to trade off watching her all the time. And she's just, we do this thing called family bedtime when we're, we're exhausted. So we all three just get in the bed and, Heaven. and, and try to keep her between us. Yeah. Snugly. But she's just buzzing. Like, <laughs> she makes this oh. noise all day long. She's Chucky. And I love her to death. I'm not complaining. She's, I'm, I, you know how it is. It's like, this is my world. Yeah. But of course. she's got Chucky energy. Yeah. And like, uh, you can't, um, it is like the Chucky doll where you, you could try and take the batteries out. No, you can't. But she'll yeah, still you try, run right? around. No, yeah. she's running on uh, solar power or something. I don't know. 
that's uh, uh so funny and uh adorable uh this unlike is- unlike now look i've been loving these child's play movies uh i i would even say uh i'm still um Charmed, charmed, <laughs> charmed, but like a Jennifer Tilly voice, charmed, charmed. I'm charmed, uh, 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 by this, uh, seat of Chucky movie. But, um, you know, I said your story was funny and cute. This movie's not so funny at times when it wants to be funny and yeah. not so cute. Well, I don't think it ever really aspires to be cute, but it's not so cute sometimes. No, um, now is there any other? Before we jump into it, I felt like I was jumping in to the Chucky pool too quickly without stretching. You have to wait 30 minutes after you eat to jump into the Chucky pool. No, let's just cover some business. Sure, yes. You can uh, listen to this episode a week early and ad-free on our Patreon mm-hmm. at patreon.com slash with Gorley and Russ. There's a link in the show notes. You can also... And maybe you are right now and we thank you. Maybe yeah, you are listening you're maybe to it one of those people. We love it. We, one of those people we call the trustees. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, if you subscribe at the baby xenomorph level, you get your name read, just like Connor McAdam is getting done right now. <laughs> That's right. Oh. But he would like to wait. I recently joined the Patreon at the Baby Xenomorph level and I have yet to hear my name, Connor McAdam. Just Connor on the Patreon, read aloud. Normally that would be fine, but my friend and coworker Brendan Murray already had his name read aloud, and I can't allow for this drastic <laughs> rearrangement of the power dynamic between us to remain. Please read my name and write this wrong. Oh, wow. Okay. I hope break room tensions have now been uh, relieved. Yeah. Alleviated. Um, (laughs) And speaking of the trustees, uh, we're recording this on the morning after the big Don't Stop or We'll Die and Talon show at the Lodge Room, which was a blast. A hoot. We mentioned this on the mailbag episode, but I'm a little hungover. (laughs) I met some of the most wonderful trustees last night. Wow. Awesome. You didn't get to mingle, I don't think, as much because you guys were the last act. Yeah, so we were in the back uh, during the the two bands, and then uh, with the Sloppy Boys, who yeah. also had a killer set, yeah. and uh, uh, and then yeah, when the show uh, was over, um, I uh, uh, I went home. I'm um, uh, uh, being a little too covid cautious oh, that's i smart. i, I no, gotta just smart. let go of it and, uh, but <sighs> you're smarter than i i i've been so cautious the past two years and then lately i just feel like i've thrown my hands up and gone come you should come and take me <laughs> i was reluctant to say it there because i uh didn't want you to think i was doing a big fat clucky clicking of my tongue or whatever clucky of a. Uh, Oh, oh no! I don't. Take I it went way. home and I was COVID conscious. I don't you, take it that uh, way. Uh, uh, but you got to meet some. So Brandon had a um, with Gorley and Rust rumors T shirt on. So right away I could wow. identify him as a trustee. Yes. He was wonderful. I'm forgive me if I'm forgetting any of you that I talked to, but Topher was there, wonderful guy. Yes. Um, Enrique, who's uh-huh. from Whittier. And then Willow, we spoke to yes. at length, and Willow is on the Discord, and I, I believe Enrique is as well. But uh-huh. they were just, you know, trusty, well, trusted trustees and wonderful. Any people. trustee I've ever met before uh, is a is a, a really wonderful 
person. No yeah. surprise. Yeah. Um, uh, when I say no surprise, I don't mean if they like the podcast, no surprise there. More like um, uh, people who are fans of horror movies and stuff. That's right. Uh, um, uh, and on the Patreon, we have, uh, we do, like you said, a mailbag yeah. and uh, 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 a commentary. And mm. in the mailbag, uh, you mentioned... Um, yeah, that you were feeling a little hungover, and I yeah. was surprised. I couldn't tell mm. at all. You were sharp as a tack. Oh. Um, and I did make some funny hangover jokes about yeah. uh, a, a certain tiger in a certain Vegas hotel room and with a certain the wolf Tyson. At a certain Tyson. Listen, we won't say which one. The point is, if you're not a subscriber, get on there, and you can hear those on the mailbag episode. Yeah, and we just did a commentary for uh, Trevor's. Yeah. And uh, I will, I don't think this is spoiling anything, just to give you a little taste of what we talk about on Tremors. Can I, for like just like two minutes, tell a story that I told on Tremors that I of wanted to share here? Of course you can. And if you like this, the, the commentary is filled with this dumb bullshit. I'm going to take this opportunity to eat a little trail mix off mic. Oh, please. Yeah, this is perfect. And it's good because it's uh, about Tremors and Tremors, you know, kind of rustic. I can imagine all the characters eating trail mix. Uh, the story I told, and you'll remember it, and you'll go, oh, I'm so happy Paul is retelling the story. Uh, it's such, I'm building it up, building it up too much. Um, uh, when I was in fourth or fifth grade, and they aired that on TV, uh, everybody the next day throughout the week in my school was just buzzing about Tremors. Um and why wouldn't they? I mean, that movie is like built to be talked about in cafeterias and playgrounds and recesses uh, for all time. Um, uh, and I was saying that I had a friend who was cool and he had an older brother who was also cool. And they had a friend, uh, Tony, uh, who Tony's cool just cause he happens to be hanging out with Brad and Brad is super cool. So we all are talking about Tremors. And Tony talks about the climax of the movie, spoiler, where he's like, you know what I thought was so cool? Was how Kevin Bacon, the, that character, waited. Waited at the edge of the cliff. And he could have jumped. But then the Tremor... uh, uh he jumped aside just in time for it to blast out through the the canyon and fall, uh, in, and fall the cliff and die. And we were all like, yeah, Tony, that is really cool. That is so cool. That was a cool part of the movie. And then like a week later, for whatever reason, Tony fell out of the good graces of Brad. And so now Tony sucks because <laughs> we love Brad, older brother Brad. We just want to be in his good graces. So now let's shut talk shit about Tony. <laughs> and I remember offering up, uh, ugh, remember how Tony thought it was so cool how Kevin Bacon waited to jump to kill the trimmer. And I was like, oh, I know. That was so lame. That so not dorky. well. Canceled. <laughs> yeah, Tony, too soon. Uh, I hope <laughs> I hope Tony is canceled. Oh, uh, um, just to redeem from that kind of boring story, the, the, the canceled uh, aspect, I went back home to Iowa, and my family's getting a family photograph 
of me and my sisters and their kids and extended family, me with my wife and child. And he walks, the photographer walks up to me and kind of is like adjusting my head and adjusting my shoulders and stuff. And he says in front of my whole family, he goes, um, I'm surprised you weren't canceled. Why? And I go, uh, and he, and I'm like, I, uh, and then he goes, cause you know, these thunderstorms, people haven't been able to get out of the Denver oh. airport. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so what he, has Christopher heard? <laughs> I know I had this saying I used to love to say, and that's, there's nothing so good that can't be made better by being canceled, meaning like an appointment or a meeting, but now you can't like... <laughs> That's now true. it completely changes the meaning. <gasps> Postponed. Is that the new? Yeah. Thing? Called off, I guess. Yes, yes, yes. But it yes. just doesn't have the same ring, you know? Oh, man. Um, but yeah, so yeah, um, over at the Patreon, you get doozies like the Toady story. <laughs> now, before we started rolling, I said, classic. I said, let's hold that. Mm-hmm. Let's, like jo- J- Joseph Gordon-Levitt, hit record. And... Uh, hitrecord.com and uh, and talk about what we were talking right off mic beforehand. Okay. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt has the website or sort of thing that's like hit record, but it could also be hit record. And it's like people put up their own art. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm. That guy's having too much fun. <laughs> he might be having just a little too much fun. Someone needs to take away some of his fun. <laughs> uh, but you were sharing how uh, um, tomorrow you get the pure, and I was like, "This will set the scene of just comfort, coziness, and uh, long form beauty." Yeah, that we like to set here on the podcast. Tell me what you're going to be doing tomorrow with this uh, Volkswagen Lego set. <laughs> well. This is the first day, I think, in 10 months since Glenn was born that I'm going to be on my own. Amanda's going down to Long Beach to her family's with Glenn. So I have the full day. And I, so I, I got online and I ordered, I was just like, I'm going to get a Lego set. And I wanted something that could also be Glenn's one day because mm-hmm. I'm not, nothing against this, but I don't typically build Lego sets and then put them up on the shelf. I don't, I don't know why. Cause I have the Aston Martin, James Bond one and mm-hmm. It's more the experience of building it, but then it also feels like an expensive thing just to, like, I could just get a jigsaw puzzle, but yeah, that one I definitely wanted to keep. And this one, I thought this could go on Glenn's shelf, so. Yes, and she would love it. The Volkswagen bus, like the 70s bus. And so tomorrow I'm going to, you know, throw on a 70s slow burn intrigue movie, <sighs> get out the Lego set. Beautiful. And let's be honest, like... um, 10 months in is difficult. That's a difficult time. Yeah. So for you to be able to have that time, uh, to be able to um, uh, self-romance. Yes, yeah, pure uh, self-romance. And people who are uh, fans of James Bonding and uh, your other podcast will know that's not a euphemism for yanking it, okay, people? It's a euphemism for just doing things that yeah. make you happy. That's self-lust. This is self-romance. Yes. This is whining and dining. Yes. The, whatever you are into, you should take yourself out 
on that date. Whether that's staying in and building Legos <laughs> is up to you. Putting on a, a 70s movie that no one's ever seen. I mean, speaking of spy movies, I imagine you tomorrow, like the beginning of Bridge of Spies when Mark Rylance is just getting to sit with the window open mm. and the sunshine coming in and he's like painting a, mm -hmm. a portrait. He's got like some watercolors. But then I'm immediately arrested. <laughs> yeah, then you have to run away real quickly. <laughs> but uh, if... Tomorrow, you're sitting by like an open window with the breeze coming in, assembling a little Lego uh, Volkswagen, baby blue, by the way, like white topped mm, yeah. Volkswagen uh, van. Um, what movie are you watching? Out of the corner of your eye, sometimes just on the background when you got to focus on that Lego, but you know yeah. that little warm, cozy blanket of a movie's there. What are you putting on? What espionage movie? I'm thinking I'm going to do the Carrie experiment. Which is... I do not know this. Well, no one would. I didn't either because dear listener Stephen Glander, who sets me up huh? with his Plex, he's just the most wonderful, funny that guy. That is awesome. I, I can wow. go on that Plex and if I find something that I like, like let's say like... Um, the human factor. Yeah, the yeah, human yeah. factor, the whole craft covenant. And then you just look at related films and inevitably something like that's going to come up. But listen to the description of this. <laughs> Uh, it's James Coburn, first of all, so you know wow. you're in good hands. In like Flint, uh, we were just talking about yeah. Coburn. Yeah. Um, all right. James Coburn, uh, owner of the longest fingers, not just on any American actor, on any human, human being yeah. in the history of the galaxy. <laughs> and unfortunately, very arthritic. Cause oh, really? Did you? He had arthritis. I think all the way back to the nineties or the eighties. And when you see him in Hudson Hawk, he's doing like karate chops, but it's because his hands are like basically like C-3PO's hands. They're kind of like cupped and closed. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, James Cohert. <laughs> uh, it's also called the carry treatment. What am I thinking? Anyway, I don't want to get the carry treatment in high school. I, I hope nobody gets the carry treatment in high school. Um, we're, have your period in the locker room and everybody. Oh, that Carrie. Yeah. yeah don't I get thought that. I kept thinking Jim, Jim Carrey. No, I hope I get the Jim Carrey treatment. <laughs> Dr. Peter Carey moves to Boston where he becomes a pathologist at a prominent hospital and gets involved with Georgia Hightower. Yes. Soon the teenage daughter, Elizabeth Allen, of the chief doctor comes into the hospital with severe injuries from a failed illegal abortion. Oh, this is not what I expected. After she dies, Carrie's friend, Dr. David Tao, is arrested for performing the surgery. Carrie knows that Tao is innocent, and he uses his forceful detective tactics to determine <laughs> who is guilty. It's directed by Blake Edwards. Whoa, what year? Uh, 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 72. Yeah, I know Blake Edwards. Uh, he was, you know, so prolific. Funny, dude, because you were just saying you wanted to watch The Party tonight. Yeah. So you could maybe have a, a, an inadvertent oh, yeah. Blake Edwards feature tonight and tomorrow. Peter uh, Carey, MD, arrives from the coast, finds hypocrisy in a big Boston hospital, and a brilliant surgeon accused of abortion that turns to murder. Ooh. Because, um, yeah, uh, um, you said tonight... You're going to have some sushi and either watch Bound or or uh, 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 The Party. Yeah, and, you know, one or the other, they're the same movie. <laughs> same uh, entertainment. Yeah. Um, and Bound, 
gets name checked in a seat of Chucky. That's Does right. It not? Yes, Does it not? That's true. Um, oh, my comfort thing that I was like, let's hit t- record and yeah. roll on this was like, th- it was similar to your espionage plane while you're assembling a Lego. Mine was, we were moving a bookcase or consolidating books onto a new bookcase. And so I just put on JFK. Oh, yeah. The director's cut, like, long edition. Mm-hmm. And I just put books on shelves and coordinated them by content and height and just had a really beautiful three hour experience. Gorgeous. So yeah, they're there. Hopefully this podcast can just offer a, 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 a tenth of that experience of reassembling books in a bookcase while JFK plays or, Assembling a Lego VW van. This is definitely while watching a, the carry experiment. A coordinate books on a bookshelf Patreon. podcast. Like I could see that pairing well because right now, especially, we're just we're just leisurely making our way mm. through thoughts and ideas. I could see too, maybe if uh, you're doing some pre Labor Day end of summer house cleaning, apartment cleaning. Uh, this could also maybe, or maybe you're doing some yard work before the leaves come down. This could also be maybe a nice little listen. Who knows though? You could be listening to this in twenty two thousand two two four two dash six seven. Welcome to the future. We are Garley and Rust, who have been put brains in a jar and given tracheostomies. Hello. Uh, uh, so yeah, should we talk about, uh, uh, in seedling of chuckling? In seedling we trust. Insemination we trust with gemination and rust. (laughs) That was an unseemly part of the movie. That, well, the way it opens with that, I mean, there's no other way to say it. Just a curtain of jizz coming down. But so, it was so blatant that I was like, is this cream? Is this marshmallow? What is this? Well, I don't know why yeah. I, I admit I watched it this morning and I'm very hungover. I also <laughs> fell asleep twice. I didn't miss any of it. I went back and watched it, but I was so tired and hungover. <laughs> no, I think you were so uh, lulled by yeah. the. Uh, um, I, the I, I, mean, I would almost say it was a uh, um, level of Argento level of kind of dreamlike imagery yeah. that lulled you back into sleep. Yeah. Uh, that would be my argument. Yeah, the opening credits with that, yeah, that like curtain of um, semen. And then this sort of uh, uh, wall um, uh, uh, screensaver level, digital man level sperm. Yeah. I mean, the sperm looked better and look who's talking. Yeah. Uh, and maybe digital is like what the look is going for. So I shouldn't. It must have been because some of the digital effects in the movie weren't horrible. No, yeah. So I was really kind of confused why it looked so bad in the opening. It also was just jarring too, because I feel like up until then with these Chucky movies, um, and hey, this isn't going to be the hate on Cedar Chucky Fest for me, uh, just so you know. Uh, but it was just different that usually they have a little bit of a cold open Mm. and then the credits kick in. And I kind of like that. I like the opening of part three being the cobweb dusty factory from the end of part two. And then you get the cool credit sequence. 
this is kind of kicking into the like uh, uh, rogue films, rogue, rogue films, uh, uh, which is only um, surpassed in the in the um, in terms of the dork showing up wearing the Letterman's jacket at or the the the, the leather jacket trying to look cool. <laughs> At school, yeah. uh, logos, <laughs> rogue pictures. Okay, guys, come on, come on. You're cool, you're cool. No, we're rogues. Right, right, right. We know, we know, we know. Uh, the other one is um, uh, Saw. Um, there, I think they dropped it maybe after the first one, but the company that makes it is called <sighs> Twisted Pictures. Jeez. And the logo, man, is like, a screw or a nail like twisting up barbed wire and twisting up the logo like lock in guys you're gonna see a movie that is bar- the equivalent of barbed wire uh, squeezing cartoon letters <laughs> I can't uh, believe that's not a Rob Zombie production yeah I mean there is just something really happening uh here in these early oddies uh that is like this like rob zombie ugly i mean yeah it needs a name what what uh, ugly is a a word for it it's like purposefully i mean i know the this doesn't fit for these movies but i know around this time soon after torture porn was kind Mm -hmm. of the word people would use for uh, some fetishization of uh, seeing bodies really kind of be messed with. <laughs> yeah. And I guess that includes like, yeah, the griminess of um, whatever area they're sitting in through most of Saw, like that kind of, I, yeah. mean, I mean, I liked what you were saying last week about um, on the previous episode about reverse camp where it's oh, yeah. the oh. pretending to do it but not actually doing it maybe is the the twist if camp is the pretending to do it and actually doing it it's reverse camp is not pretending to do it and i'm not achieving it (laughs) yeah i mean i know they would like to think we're draining all of the hollywood Mm. slickness to reveal to you the real truth here when in um, fact they end up making it just have as much artifice as a hollywood film because it's very trite yeah there's no sort of then like naturalism of some kind that then is real it is just kind of then like the equivalent of like maybe a marilyn manson music video now i'm looking up on my phone here matt because um Somebody on our, uh, and I'll give credit where credit is a due, um, on our Patreon said something really thoughtful, and I wanted to share it. Hopefully, um, uh, Brian Sweeney doesn't care that I share his name, but I think this is very insightful, so um, I think you'd want credit where credit's due. Um, Seed of Chucky was one of many films that got stopped because of, uh, do you mind if I read this? Is that okay? No, not at all. I'm sorry. That's insane that I asked that. Seed of Chucky. Uh, I'm stepping out of the room. <laughs> to barf. Uh, to barf it. To barf at how like uh, obsequious I am. Uh, Do you mind if I mind? 
I asked if I mind, and then I judged myself for asking him. You're released of all of it. Why am I like this? We're so deep into this podcast. We're buddies. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Good golly. I got you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. You you read that to your heart's content, and I will be here. (laughs) Brian Sweeney says... Sita Chucky was one of many films that got stopped because of Columbine, yeah. which happened six months after Bride of Chucky. And then Brantley's notes yeah. uh, told us that this was the case. They were about to make uh, Son of Chucky, as it was called, pulled the plug after Columbine and Scream 3. People were just, uh, as, as we saw in Scream 3, people got skittish about making horror movies. <laughs> um, here we go. As he says, um, it's interesting, as Brian says, it's interesting to me that Scream is what got Chucky to come back so big in Bride. Uh, then, by the time to make Chucky 5, Columbine happens, mm. leading to Scream 3 being less gory and violent and more comedic and campy and all about Hollywood filmmaking, which is exactly yeah. what happens with Sita Chucky. Then... Scream 4 is a more back-to-basics movie, which is also what Curse of Chucky is. Side note, this is kind of what you were talking about, the, like, uh, when two movies are kind of, two filmmakers have shared movies, or, you know, uh, anyway. Uh, I guess you could probably draw a line where Chucky 5, which then gets stopped by Columbine, Scream 3 gets changed and released to a mixed response, making Chucky 5 even less of a priority. Then 9-11 happens. Horror then becomes torture porn Mm. and home invasion. Quote, unquote, fun is not something horror movies go for anymore. I thought that was very insightful. A lot of all of this insightful, but I thought that was... Also in 1999, the Blair Witch Project came out. The landscape of horror and the entire world changed drastically Mm. between bride and seed and you know this is now me paul talking what's so fun when we watch these franchises is you just the backdrop is getting to see how horror movies are changing over the yeah as the years unfold and so we get to now see like okay child's play had these like detective cop thriller elements in 1988 because they had to like do that to make a killer doll movie and now we're in kind of early torture porn era with C to Chucky and also like this last gasp of what Scream was, this kind of like self-referential. Yeah, very meta, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this feels like it should have came out For 2000. Sure. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to 2004, which is such a small time. But wasn't that uh, well said? It was really well said. And it makes me think these franchises too are like children. You watch them grow up into their teenage years and and the real world events affect them like they would people in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like Columbine and nine 11 and yeah, things like that. I mean, I don't, uh, other people have said this and, uh, and I don't want this to be the podcast that makes a sweaty Abu Ghraib reference, but I did look it up and, um, CBS News broke the Abu Ghraib photos in April 2004, uh-huh. and this movie came uh-huh. out in uh, no- fall of 2004. So I don't think necessarily they could be in that could be in dialogue with it, but um, 
it is in dialogue with Passion of the Christ. Hmm. Um, they're making references to Mel Gibson and stuff. So maybe it was made because that's what blew my mind. And I was like, well, when was Passion of the Christ? And that was six, seven months, six, seven weeks before the CBS News 60 Minutes to release the Abu Ghraib photos. Hmm. Um, which, uh, hey, if somebody wants to write like a paper, a term paper about like what the hell was going on yeah. in America's brains that the number one movie is going to see Christ get for two hours just the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> then six, seven weeks later, you're going, you're seeing these horrific photos of what we're doing our people are doing. Uh, and then, yeah, a few months later, seed of <laughs> Chucky that just begins with like a curtain of jizz. The kind of dovetails back a little bit to the rogue pictures, the nerd who wears yeah. the leather jacket yeah. thing. I was thinking about it this morning on the drive over here, Matt. <laughs> I was thinking, um, this movie's sort of all over the place and it's targets. It's like shits on Britney Spears. And then literally five minutes later, it kills a paparazzi. So it's like, okay, you hate Britney Spears. Yeah. You hate the problem. Like you hate everybody. This movie feels a little bit like the person who has to come back to work come back to school, come back to their group of friends, whatever, after they got depanced or like beaten up in a fight. Oh, yeah. And I was like, maybe that's just what, and I'll, I hate saying this, just like what post 9-11 vibe we were in is like trying so hard to seem hard because we're fucking vulnerable. It's so embarrassing what yeah. happened. <sighs> and then it's salt in the wound that it's like, not only are we vulnerable, then we do these awful things <laughs> after we've been seen as vulnerable. Like, it's it's all really ugly stew that like, see to Chucky is just kind of this like yeah. ugly, ugly movie. It doesn't know itself. It feels like this happened with the Bond franchise too. Like it perfected itself and then it, it didn't know where to go from there. So it's sort of like starts, like you're saying, it's like the vulnerable nerd that's trying to borrow from the cool people. And where did you feel that with bond? Like uh, where it's like, it, it was sure of itself and then lost itself. So now yeah, it's trying to wear I think the diamonds letter. are forever, which I really uh -huh. enjoy, but it, it had a, the luxury of being its own thing for a longer time than any of these franchises ever, mm -hmm. ever would, because there was nothing like it. And even if it was, it was, copying bond diamonds are forever is a great comparison though right because that's post 68 uh 69 america yeah where we're no longer in the swinging early mid 60s like uh diamonds are forever probably has a hardness to it just because it's sort of it has to be reflective of well it's the most american through. bond movie really <laughs> there is and it, it's drawing heavily on american action and stuff like that and this begins the bond series stealing 
its influences for each one. So the next movie is Live and Let Die, which is black exploitation. Uh, then uh-huh. The Man with the Golden Gun, which is Kung Fu. Then it's a return to form with Spy Who Loved Me. And then it's Star, Star Wars, Wars with Moonraker. Yeah. Wow. Um you're, so that's a that's a great case for yeah when a, a movie a franchise feels like it, it no longer is making its rules it's now having to borrow from from the others that are in flavor but it's crazy that so Columbine happens and a movie like this was just only relevant in terms of horror and violence mm-hmm. thematically even though there's a kid in this there's oh it's I know. not at all but now we have school shootings i'm not trying to get political here mm-hmm. so often and sandy hook and things like this mm-hmm. and there's no thought anymore of canceling media or anything because it's like well then you'd be canceling every week yes it's too, and then everything shut down because of columbine there was so much stuff that that it, it, didn't happen because of that yeah it is an interesting thing to think about what sort of um Washington DC political pressure muscle that they had over Hollywood and the media, quote yeah. unquote, you know, uh, that they were like, shit, we can't have screen three be gory or Capitol Hill is going to be on our ass. It's just like <laughs> a really like, huh, we were, that was a chapter in America that is not. Um, and I think, in a way that's not entirely terrible, it's because, I mean, fully on we were on the right side, uh, right meaning left, <laughs> and the uh, you know when when the right wing groups are saying Warner Brothers can't release Cop Killer. Oh, for shame, for shame. They're like, okay, okay, we won't. The left rightfully goes, that's insane what's happening. Yeah. Uh, Ice-T should be able to make records. And even if you think Cop Killer is a dumb album, dumb song, it should get released. So you're in a position now of like, well, the artist should get to do what it wants. And then, yeah, I guess now that the winds have changed, the right doesn't necessarily fight those battles. And now the left wouldn't necessarily care to fight those battles either so there's no scream three has to shape up or it can't be uh well it's all those the country's desensitized so nobody's clamoring for yeah change which is (laughs) why i you know again the abu Ghraib thing yeah there is a desensitization right that happens you know the mpaa is self-regulating the the reason those Jason's part five through 10, nine suck is because the MPAA, their job is to just put their finger out to see like, is this movie, if it's too gory, is it going to upset people? Oh, it's not. Then we can do gore. They've kind of had it easy. Like when was the last time you've heard a movie where they're like, we want to release it. But the MPAA is saying it's too bloody, too right. gory. That's just like yeah. a thing. Of that. I mean, maybe people just aren't making those movies anymore. But no, to your right point, there. it's like the desensitization. Yeah. Is, I can't even say the word. I'm so desensitized. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, uh, which the point our friend on the Patreon made that uh, 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 like 
Um, and that wasn't a plug for the Patreon. It was uh, me uh, just wanting to somehow uh, pinpoint his uh, point, but just like the um, that the fun is gone. Yeah, I think is partly what it is. So when Chucky is kind of like his irascible self, um, the joy of being a little fuckhead just is lost in the joy chuck club is done (laughs) the joy chuck club which we were members of um yeah and then when you were saying sort of the movie couldn't decide what what it wants to be so it's trying to be some other things i did think like i like that this movie's kind of like a twisted pictures version of uh uh, yeah there's stuff to of of a domestic family drama yeah like brantley had that in the notes that uh uh, don mancini was like oh this is like a chucky version of ordinary people i really like that and so those moments when it was like mom has an addiction to pills and she's trying to kick it and is our son gay like those sorts of kind of funny like yeah, domestic drama, ordinary people, Kramer versus Kramer style things. I love that. The fact that it's also trying to be this behind the scenes Hollywood satire thing is just so bananas that it's trying to juggle both. I mean, maybe if they pulled it off, I would be like applauding it. But. I guess it's the price you pay for allowing, again, one of these Don Mancini visions to happen, which are always so interesting mm-hmm. and like no other franchise, really, even though this one does feel like it's borrowing a little. Mm-hmm. It's nice. And maybe, yeah, maybe this one didn't quite land. Yeah, the Mancini-ness is dialed up. And we know that uh, he was going to make this at Universal. Yeah. Universal said, we don't, we're not interested in uh, making this. They said it's too gay. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was like, fine, took his uh, movie, went somewhere else, and uh, made it in this primarily filmed in Romania. Made yeah, in this Romania. is interesting. So I thought Universal owned the rights to this franchise. How did he just take it? Hmm. Maybe after the three after the original. Yeah, maybe there was only a I'll certain look. amount. But that is fascinating that this thing was filmed in Romania with a Europe and UK partnership deal. And so there was a certain quota of British actors that had to be in this film. And that's another thing that makes That is a film. Hollywood satire. That's like what's so crazy. And that- so there's a lot of English characters, but there's also a lot of English actors playing Americans. With not so no, good. No, I know. And, and actors you recognize. Like young Sherlock Holmes has one tiny scene. Is he the lawyer at the end? Yes. <laughs> And feeds from Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Um, oh my goodness! Then, what's his name? Fleming. He he plays the Santa guy. Yeah. Oh, and this is what I was gonna say is the Mancini-ness that I loved. That gets like, hey, I'm I, now I can do whatever I want. Like, um, when it was the Santa scene, and. Uh, I was like, this is so cool. This is how these, like, it's a flash. It seems like this is a flashback or something to Glenn, what's going on to Glenn's parents. And I was like, that's cool. This Glenn got introduced and now they're jumping over to what's happening with the parents. Uh, and then it got revealed to be a movie set. I was like, oh, this is just somebody who's getting to do what they want. It's really f- always yeah. fun to get to see that. I will say a Christmas time, winter time oh, set yeah. Chucky movie. My heart broke that it wasn't. I was just like, 
guys, come on, this how is the is movie. This not happened. Like that's you, how you reboot. You could Chucky. do the domestic doll drama spoof yeah. movie with the Christmas movie as the backdrop. Yeah. And also just the idea of like Chucky. I mean, they got to make a Child's Play Christmas movie because Chucky on Christmas Eve amongst a bunch of other toys <laughs> at nighttime attacking like home invasion style. Ugh, it'd just be such a fun movie. That'd be brilliant. Um, and these killer doll movies should be fun. Yeah. And so like when the when they cut themselves out of the Santa bag and landed, I was like, this is so fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, so who is the Santa guy that's a lock, stock, and two smoking? No, uh, he's just another British actor. I see. I think he, didn't he play Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in the um, extreme or the... Uh, Moreau? No. Um, League of... Oh, extraordinary, gentle yeah. Uh, minions. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's a, a, yeah, I guess a, a quite a, a pedigree for, of actors. And, and yes, with the um, uh, co-production, Euro co-production uh, aspect, um, I, having not seen this, movie before and maybe only catching glimpses of it previously. Yeah, I'd never seen it. Um, I was really genuinely surprised that he had an accent when he started talking. I've seen pictures of that little guy, but I didn't know he was little Oliver Twist. Oh, you Glenn. Mean, wait, what, what, Glenn, you mean Billy Boyd? No, Boyd. no, no. The, the Glenn the doll. Chucky and Tiffany's oh, yeah. progeny. Oh, yeah. I when he started know. talking, I was I, like, I know. oh, I didn't know he had it. I've seen a picture of this little guy, but I didn't know he had an accent the whole time. It's crazy. And uh, also that this was filmed in Romania. And the first time they showed Jennifer Tilly's house, I was like, God, that looks like a set. But why would they, why would they build an exterior set of this house? They just shoot an establishing shot on location and then go to an interior set. Yeah. The whole street and the house is a set. This movie was made for $12 million, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. That's a lot. And then they had, I guess a $2 million rebate according to Brantley. Uh So essentially $14 million, but still, and then I guess if you're shooting in Romania, it's at that time, probably pretty cheap, but they, um, the director Don Mancini said that he, didn't like the art direction and the bedroom set. He was lackluster. Like but the fact that that whole thing, because you couldn't find a house like that in Romania, I assume. Yeah. I don't a, know. A There's Hollywood just something so off yeah. and uncanny about the whole movie in tone, in in subplots, in look. In, yeah. And the fact that there's so many British people in what is kind of – very American franchise. Just the consumerism of it all, the doll, the toy, the merchandising. It's yeah. just odd. And in another way of just, well, you would have never gotten this through anyone else but the Child's Play franchise and Don Mancini. Yeah, you would have never imagined it would have gotten to this place watching the first movie with Catherine Hicks, Chris Sarandon's yeah. like semi-romantic scenes together. That right. uh, Yeah, the, um, the set and the... Like, I think that's in the category of um, stuff I love about Seed of Chucky is I do love the style. The Nightmare House is really cool. Yeah. That I just love. real. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there was an exterior or whatever shot of the Hollywood mansion at night where it was like, 
in the background was the Hollywood sign and it's like a purple it's all fantasy and it's next to a fake mansion and somebody yeah. pulls up and uh it did I do it feels like it's in the vein and it uh it seems like the uh research bears this out that like it is you know I love Brian De Palma and uh uh Dario Argento I love and De Palma the two of them, I think, freely kind of have ideas yeah. that they transfer back and forth between their movies. But then they're both inspired by Hitchcock. There's a lot of Hitchcock and stuff like. Yeah. So purely on like a a style level. And now style, I would include like tone stuff of like a close up of so many multiple close ups of people like pissing out of their pants. <laughs> and like the, that's not style for me. No, like yeah. style is like you have this like fantastic idea of the purple sky with the Hollywood sign next to a, like a gaudy, crazy quote unquote Hollywood. That just feels like those fun giallo European movies where they have different actors from different countries all like, so that stuff I really was my favorite part of the movie. Oh, and the Pino Dinaggio score and stuff like that. That all like felt great, but yeah, just like the, um, there was like a, homesickness i felt a little bit <laughs> yeah that's a good way to put it like yeah. with the actor like just enough of a trace of the thing you love but not enough it makes you feel i wish they would have just it more. Study, started with chucky and tiffany yeah. and then been like did, did we have a child we gave it up for adoption what do you think happened to it and then go to that i really just had my bearings off with like I don't know who Glenn is. His voice is weird. He, I mean, they make so many jokes about how he's ugly. I don't think he was well, that ugly. Was weird just more thing. strange. Yeah, he's. It's not a good design because they do say he's ugly, and you could have gone comically ugly. It's just off-putting in in a, such a strange way that yeah. It, it, the only thing I did like was his origin story. The fact that there's like a extreme ventriloquist festival in Glastonbury of all places, like the music festival, and that it's hardcore ventriloquism and that it's a competition, <laughs> I, that killed me. I loved that. Yeah, it was like the Lollapalooza warp to yeah, a version of a just ventriloquism. A hardcore cool ventriloquist. And what was his name? Because uh, that was so Elephant Man too. that whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I didn't even think about how, yeah, it starts off as like this. Oh, Psych Freak was show folklore kind of psych and sh- is it shithead or shitface? Shitface. Yeah. Which I was like, that is the most 2004 <laughs> level humor. Shitface. But it's up in neon or like light bulb lighting. And, yes. Oh, he that took the time <laughs> to make the side to be horrible to this guy. Shitface. He's not a shitface. He's like a. I mean, he looks like Gollum. Yes. Gollum, just call him Gollum. I know, Psych and Gollum. Yeah. Um. Uh. Now, I will say, I haven't uh, done this. I think probably in fifteen years. It's been a long time since a rock and roll. Uh. But uh. Um. I think the first time I saw, I've maybe seen pictures of Glenn, uh, of uh, Chucky and Tiffany's yeah. child, Glenn, and promotional stuff passing by but i don't really think so and the first time i know i definitely like saw it like moving and talking in a scene um 
like I said many years ago, uh, but I had once done mushrooms. <laughs> and Matt, that is not how you first would have experienced Glenn. Glenn I was like flipping like... through the channels with friends. And we're like, and Glenn came on. Glenn already looks like what you think you'd see someone as when you're on mushrooms. So I can't imagine what it's like when you're really on mushrooms. Uh, it was horrible. It Did was you? not. <laughs> we turned the channel, I think, to like Casper, the 1995 one, and laughed. So it was better. Uh, but um, yeah. Uh, so there were parts of this movie where I did think like, oh, this does feel like one big long <laughs> trip. Yeah. Um, now, um, the title with Seed... Of now, I like that the original was going to be "Son of" because yeah, that that's makes way more "Bride of Chucky," "Son of Chucky." It's why would they change that? Because they got to be hard. They're yeah. trying to be like cool. And what I don't, what I don't like about the title, but what I don't like about the title is like "Seed" isn't a even a doll pun. Not that bride no. was. Well, I wonder if they son might have been something that maybe Universal wanted, and and because uh. because Glenn. It seems to be sort of non-binary and then obviously playing on Glenn or Glenda from Ed Wood. Right. Maybe it doesn't quite make as much sense. I don't know. You're right. Son would be a misnomer if they yeah. did go with that. Although um, I will say until uh, Tiffany's like, no, it's a girl. I never assumed, I mean, it's my own prejudices, yep. but Glenn looks, I just assumed Glenn was a boy. Yeah, they never uh, presented him as uh, something different, I think, in the beginning before that conversation became up. This also but just falls... Oh, go Well, go I'm it. just saying that that was part of the poor design. Like, I think a, yes. it shouldn't have looked so uh, golem-y. But I'm yes. honestly wondering if they kind of were going for a golem thing, because this would have been right after Lord of the Rings had entered yes. the zeitgeist. But then it would have been better if they did make... Glenn kind of look a little bit more gender fluid so that you were kind of wondering and sympathizing more too. Well, and this movie falls in a really kind of interesting like hole that I don't think a lot of movies, most movies are just regressive. Yeah. <laughs> 99% of movies you watch before yeah. this, any now right. are just like regressive. <laughs> but like, it's funny that in this movie I could, if you squinted, you would be like, this is a progressive mm -hmm. movie. But what is a progressive movie in 2004 now is not in, in 2022 gets way more complicated. Uh, like, uh, it's not handled with the complexity that it would no. in, in 2022. Most of the time it is kind of handled as like, like a, a, maybe it was supposed to or not is I mean, the movie's supposed to be a comedy, so a lot of it's supposed to be kind of played for laughs, I think, which is kind of weird. And also, yeah. the the what you were saying about the design being off, I just don't fucking understand it, that like he's part human. He was made by Chucky, who looks like a doll. He The sperm... This is from in God damn it! This is so funny that I'm getting <laughs> in Bride of Chucky. They conceived them as dolls, but they were they were humanizing. They were forming into humans because remember they. So that's why he's part human is because they were mid. Well, they are too. Yeah. Look, I'm not just. But I, this. It just. But then he shouldn't be doll at all. Then he should just be human or something. I don't know where. 
And why, why when Jennifer Tilly has her twins, are they, they're like hundred percent human, yes. which is Chucky looks like exactly. Chucky traits, like hair and stuff. What also happened to, to Glenn at the end? Did I miss something? A Glenn at the end of this movie? Yeah. Um, cause when she, she starts talking about her son, Glenn and her daughter, oh, Glenda. Yes. But I also wondered what happened to the girl baby. They had two babies and one grew up to be the boy, I guess. The girl was looking through the window. Okay, yes, yes. So what did happen to so Glenn got put in one of the I I I must have like because I was Did Glenn get put in the boy twin? Well no no, I don't think so because the girl's also like a murderer. Well they're they're yeah sort of like the the two twins got the traits of of the Glenn doll child, the kind of schizophrenic traits. Right. But, but Glenn was still around when they were born. Why is Glenn gone five years later? Am I missing? Did no, I, miss I, I agree. I don't know where the Glenn doll human is. Yeah. <laughs> I also like, don't, I must've missed something. Mm. I mean, the, uh, I mean, I, yes, I might've, Miss something I tuned as well. A little, I have to admit, I was I was tired, but also like the movie towards the end was losing me a bit. I mean, it's crazy that this is, I think, the shortest one, but um, the the it was the most sluggish. Where I'd be yep. like, "How much left is in this movie?" Yeah. Pause. Thirty six minutes left. Forty two minutes. Like four hours. I th- <laughs> when I started this, it was an hour and a half. Oh, I'm watching all the Chucky movies run together. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, um, the, so I, I said what I love. I love the style, but, um, the one thing that I've loved about these four Chucky movies, one, just seeing the technology get cooler and cooler as it goes on, but they are so propulsive yeah, and that's so, yeah. um, like there's, Olympic swimmers with like the caps and the perfect aerodynamic bodies to like get a gold medal in the Olympics. They're built so perfectly lean. Yes. And so when the last half hour of this movie, I think that before the last like act or whatever you would call it, uh, Chucky says to Glenn, so what are we going to do today? (laughs) And then it cuts to B-roll footage of the sunset over the Hollywood sign. Yeah. Okay, so we don't know what they did today. Chucky posed this question, what are we going to do today? (laughs) B-roll sunset. Then it goes into the mansion where the real-life Jennifer Tilly and the real-life Redman are having dinner... And this is like what's kicking us into high gear at the end. It like yeah. Again, uh, it's that the first child's play, the last twenty minutes. It you're like on ice. Yeah. You're just so moving, cruising so fast to the end. It's the best. All of the of the first four are all like that. It's the Mancini factor, and that like that chauffeur subplot too is so. Oh strange. my god! But I'm realizing what it is is that Mancini, his his scripts are so oddly plotted that they, I say this like 
uh, as a distant observer, need studio notes, but the studio notes would sand all the edges off and make it so milk toast yep. that that would probably, it would be worse. So it's better that we have these weird yeah. Frankenstein movies or so. That's what yeah. they are. They're like, they're strange creatures. This one most feels the Frankenstein-ish because it's yeah. trying to continue the Hollywood satire stuff from Bride into the next yeah. one five years later and it's too late, six years later. And, yeah. uh, uh, and then trying to tell this new story sort of about um, gender. And and when I said like the progressive now feels regressive, it's particularly in the um, – it gets so knotted up, twisted around the axle philosophy-wise where they say the one-to-one of the movie is like killing is like an addiction. Mm-hmm. But that seems to be also running in parallel of being like, what is your true self, true gender? And so by the end of the movie, they're having this fight of like, am I really going to kill? No, that's an addiction. Are you really going to kill my, is my son really going to be himself and kill? And he's he also really going to be his gender. I'm going to pretend this is now uh Glenn speaking. I'm going to pretend to be Glenda when I do choose to kill, because that is, I mean, the way I'm late laying it out is I'm trying to ex- demonstrate how the movie has it. So twisted up. It's like, yeah, is so it to be your over- true gender or not is to be a killer? It's so like... Or is it bending over backwards and skipping the theme to just do a dress to kill reference? It's, yeah. it's hard to tell what's the cart and what's the horse. Yes, yes, Although yes. It, and when that's happening with Jennifer Tilly is like in stirrups and she's going to get inseminated <laughs> and the Tiffany wants to be her because of this like funny Hollywood satire notion of like, I want to be famous yeah. like her. It's so many mixes of... uh, It is. And then when you think of it in terms of 2004, it does feel very progressive. And at least you have a non-binary character that's sympathetic and you're actually rooting for. That's true. And the the Chucky is like the... You walk away from that movie going, Chucky's an asshole because he isn't... We like Glenn, yeah. and he's not accepting of him. Yeah, or, I have a, a a moral quandary question for you. Yes, I was faced by this this morning. Okay, okay so imagine you haven't seen this movie yet. So take away what you know uh-huh. of your kind of you know, uh, we both have yeah a little bit of icky feeling towards this movie. Oh, okay. Uh, I was I opened up the Plex app and it wasn't it wasn't working for whatever reason. So I rented this movie. Uh-huh. This movie was available for rent on Apple. TV for three ninety nine, or you can buy it for four ninety nine. Now, what's a dollar these days? It's nothing, but I had to think like, am I ever going to watch this again? That's and it was so like funny. the perfect. I I must have sat there for like three minutes. Going, should I rent or buy this movie? Yeah. Normally, I buy these movies if they're even close to the rental price, just just to have them in the streaming catalog. For some reason, this one, I just sat there and I was paralyzed, partially because I was hungover or whatever, but <sighs> the, do I want the fifth Chucky movie and only the fifth Chucky movie for a dollar more? 
And it would be like if you had to uh, get a car freshener for your car, and the only one is like one where a bunch of women are in the back of a truck with G strings and it says hauling ass. (laughs) You're like, God, I guess I'm going to have to have this hauling ass uh, air freshener in my car. I won't hang it up on the (laughs) rearview mirror, of course, but still, it's in there. So, what would you do? What would you do? Well, this is very funny because I had this situation this morning too when I sat down to watch um, Seed of Chucky at 8 in the morning. Uh, is um, <laughs> I was so set on renting it, I knew for sure I was not buying this. <laughs> I didn't even look at the price comparison. It's just, uh, and usually I do. Uh, so it does say something. <laughs> I was just like, rent. Cause look at, do you want to see the, what my eyes had just seen in the purchased yeah. area? Because I had made the choice of like, sure, I could rent this movie, but for $9 more, I could own it. So why don't I just own 1991's The Hard Way story. Uh, I mean, Woods I own The J. Other Fox. Sister. I own other hey, movies. Hey, who invented that- sex anyway? I think it was Madonna, <laughs> The Other Sister. Wow. That's that a big moment of the trailer. I That could have been a movie or a trailer that you would have seen a lot when you were city walking it up. Oh, I maybe, feel like Other yeah. Sister. I think it was. I, I saw was. that trailer all the time. Who invented sex anyway? I think it was Madonna. Yeah. Oof. Terrible. I mean, yeah. uh, I wasn't trying to be offensive there. I was just repeating no, you're, you're what the movie did. imitating the offensive And people, I took the yeah. edge off. Yes, you did. <laughs> so... Well, listener, first of all, ask yourself that moral quandary. What would you do? And I'll tell you where I came down. Yes. What did you do? What did you do? Normally, like I said, in any other circumstance, I would buy it. I've also never faced them that close in price before. Usually it's like a $5 (laughs) difference and I'll still buy it. This one, I said no. And it was for two reasons. I didn't want one day just Glenn to just be, my Glenn, to be Scrolling, scrolling through the movies and just put that on as a child. Because like, the poster has dolls on it and yeah, a little baby and I, arm I mean, coming like, out. Unlikely like, to happen, but yeah. still, like that that's just feels like a stumbling block. I don't Yeah. Mean. And then the other one is I don't want when I'm scrolling through my purchased movies, there's getting to be a lot of them. And sometimes I just mm. I don't want a bunch of filler in there that I've got to kind of like discount and then I'm scanning and then I, I'm only paying attention to certain movies. I want my yeah. catalog to be nice and clean. There's already the other sister in there that I got yeah. and religious. Like oh, <laughs> so, sometimes you just well, get like free downloads, you know, and I can't imagine a more oh. thing that I would want not to be seen. And I know I should just delete those two. Then religious. But then I'm always like, well, I own it. I can't delete it. Oh, that reminds me, uh, you know, sometimes we plug like podcasts or things on the internet that we like or think is cool. People definitely have to check out Bill Maher's Club Random show. What? Where he sits in a room and smokes weed wearing purple shaded sunglasses. Oh, my God. Isn't his latest stand-up special called Adulting? Am I making that up? I believe it is. Now, for the the, the people who happen in our audience who happen to be, hey, I watch Real Time on Friday night, and then Saturday morning I put on that week's edition of With Gorley and Rust. This is breaking my heart to hear. Yeah. But I think he might be my least favorite human. Human? (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I just really don't care for the guy. Yeah. Me um, me either. Uh, but so I was being a little tug in cheek when I was saying club random was cool. It's very not cool. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I will tell you there's been a couple of times, Matt, where I've been asked to be interviewed on something like a, a on camera. Yeah. And I'll uh, like a, a sit down on camera interview thing. And I've either in my mind gone, that sucks. Um, or, and, or made fun of it with my friends and then asked oh, yeah. to do it. And, uh, Hey, what's the point of having your, uh, integrity unless you can like brag about it later on a podcast? Uh-huh. Uh, I, I said no. Yeah. And so now whenever I see like uh, a thing that like was a talk show thing, I'm like, <laughs> oh. I <laughs> didn't promote something I should have been promoting. <laughs> uh, way to go, Rusty. Very I know, smart. I know what you mean. I always think like, what if, it, it was always a, a quandary of like, what if in the weirdest world, Pierce Brosnan would ever come on James Bonding and I had to like act like I didn't shit talk all his movies. Now I've always followed up with, he seems like a wonderful man. And haven't you even maybe followed it up with, uh, I think he's a great actor. He's just not my bond. Like, yes, I don't like, him. I don't mean anything personal, but I've been very glib about it and I would feel bad. I think he has to understand or has heard it from other people. We don't like your pain faces. Yeah. Right? Isn't yeah. that his thing? This hurt. He loves like, uh. yeah. That said, one thing I missed in C to Chucky was because it only happened a couple of times when um, Glenn was chopping him up at the end. Yeah. Um, when Chucky screams in torture when he's in pain. Yeah. I love those I know. sounds. That's I like know. such uh, a, a bell gets rung in my mind. It was like, Oh, yeah. The other thing I like too, always, always, and I should say it in every single episode when we do one of these, is the voodoo chant. When they yeah. start saying the voodoo chant, Adola Timbue. <laughs> um, now I could take a pee break. Yeah, me too. Okay. We'll be right back. With Corley and Ryan. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. With and rest. We're back. We are back. Um, Jack. We are back, Jack. 
Um, and that's, well, a fact. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I did, I gotta say, uh, uh, like that um, opening when uh, it's like the little Chucky cam just running around the house. Oh, yeah. And then oh, yeah. it got me when it revealed when he looked down and uh, he sees, we, we see, oh, that's not Chucky's body. Mm-hmm. This is a surprise. Um, but I did think that the first thing you see is like them tearing away. It's like the POV of Glenn, I guess. But the the it's a little girl and her parents and they're looking into the camera, looking at the audience mm-hmm. going, it's so ugly. <laughs> I was like, that might be the point of the view of this movie. It's like looking at the audience and being like, you are so ugly. (laughs) Uh, How do you think Glenn got there from the end of Bride of Chucky when blood blasted onto that detective's face when Glenn was born? And then in this box for this British. Well, that's a dream, though. Or is that a memory? You're right. That is a dream. But how did he so get... That is such an evolved dream. I yeah. forgot. I forgot. He wakes up and then, because in that dream, and this was one of the more distasteful things, just the constant pain. I know. He, I was yeah. like, this is how you're going to introduce this character? I mean, I mean, maybe if they're going for full-blown like Dumbo-style sympathy, but just like... They were, I think. The way they introduce him is that... The way you meet this character is he pisses himself awake. <laughs> With oh, yes, let's see what yellow, happens to him. It's yellow pee, but it's also kind of dark. Like I know it needs to show up on camera, but so Glenn Gross. ends up at this ventriloquist festival, and we don't yeah. know how it goes. But then yes, it's interesting. Yes, yes. The movie, sorry, kind of, yes. How did he get to the ventriloquist? We don't know, but yeah. like the also the. The fake Santa Claus movie does offer an answer, but it's it's a movie, so you don't know if that's real either. That a pissed off drunken Santa found him at a gravesite. Yeah, and that movie is called <clears throat> Chucky Gone Psycho. Yeah, which is funny because it's like he didn't gone psycho in the other Chucky movies ever made, <laughs> or is this the first? Because it said they're basing it uh, in total Courtney Cox as the reporter style. Yeah. We're here uh, with the filming of Stab. I mean, uh, Chucky right. gone psycho. It should be just called Chucky. Um, yes. Uh, which is a good title just for a child's play movie. Yeah. Um, uh, but the, 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 um, uh, the, I like these sorts of questions so this isn't like a but you know the classic like um for me it's uh pardon the reference here with uh, cosby but it's like um in high fidelity in the movie high fidelity Mm -hmm. john cusack goes and sees a singer played by lisa bonet right and he falls he's like crushed out on her and then Later in the movie, Jack Black says to John Cusack, you're wearing a Cosby sweater. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bill Cosby exists in this world, mm-hmm. presumably has the Cosby show where he's wearing the sweater. Does that mean his daughter, who's played by Lisa Bonet, looks like Lisa Bonet or is in this world? Mm. 
that singer is Lisa Bonet. And there's never, when you oh, look at yeah. the Cosby Show family, Lisa Bonet, and it's played by a different actor. Oh. That same sort of like question or whatever. Uh, the other one is like in Friends. It's like they make references to Die Hard and then they meet a character who's Bruce Willis plays. Oh, yeah. And they're not like, you look like the guy from Die Hard. Um, but this is kind of like a weird knot where it's like, wait, why is Jennifer Tilly making the Chucky Go- Gone Psycho movie? Because she wouldn't. Like, she's associated with those child's play movies because she's in a Bride and uh, she does the voice of Tiffany, the doll. But in this movie, it's just like, yeah, she would also, Jennifer Tilly, the actress, like, here's what I'm saying. Is she supposed to be the actor from Bride of Chucky? And she's I think, now I think on the set of a new so she had just acted in Bride of Chucky and now she's in the new movie Chucky Gone Psycho I mean it, it seems to be that's what they're saying especially since Chucky Gone Psycho sounds like a sequel title to me so this is in their universe Child's Play parts one through four have been made and now they're making the follow up Chucky Gone Psycho. To further complicate it, though, they're based on real occurrences of yes! the Chucky movies. You're right. So it's, it is a little bit of, it's like bordering on paradoxical if you kind of really. And then to add it. another like weird pretzel twist knot to it, the dongs that Glenn brings back are presumably, or are, they are the props for the movie. Mm -hmm. So is this movie's props, the actual dolls from the reality version of? They can't be because those were destroyed. Destroyed. So exactly. I agree. So that means these were only made for the movie production. Right. So Glenn isn't really bringing back true I don't know how he's pulling the souls from the universe and getting them dropped down into these movie props that's based on the real life killer doll movie like to, occurrences. Am I wrong about this but the the reason why every time Chucky could kind of be brought back was that there was some vestige of his organic matter or something. Right. They still... dropped the ball in two ways. How does Glenn yeah. get to the ventriloquist show and how do these two dolls if they're not from an original piece of Chucky thing. Uh, and I mean, these are dumb, like yeah, fun things to talk about, but like you could do like, it could be a fun thing of like, yeah. Oh, end of bride of Chucky. The dolls now are put aside in storage on the universal lot. And through some weird voodoo there, that's now how we make the jump from, these fake movies to now we're behind the scenes or something like it was just so uh so messy <laughs> seed of chucky yeah. where's the clarity i expected from seed of do chucky? you think w- movies are gonna get worse or better the next two not counting the reboot well i saw the next one you've seen it yeah okay uh for one of my uh halloween um 
Horror Days uh, fest that uh, Neil Campbell and I oh, do. Oh, okay, nice. Uh, it was like one of the um, middle point movies we watched. Just it? you just randomly pulled one. Um, it was coming out that year. Oh, okay. And so it was like I think it came out maybe like three weeks before the day. Oh, so like probably not many people have seen this uh, yeah. uh, new Chucky movie. Gotcha. So we watched it, but I don't have many memories of it. So it'll be okay. a new experience. Um, the uh, there was an immediate ooh, you're gonna get it though when the little girl threw the doll down oh, into yeah. the toy truck. Yeah. I was like, ooh, you're gonna get it. Um, now the um. Let's go to the first kill. Just uh, um, that was uh, after he runs away. Then you have um, Jennifer Tilly and Redman. They're reading a script together. Uh, yeah, there's kills in the nightmare, but that's those aren't real. It's it, this is the first child's play movie with nudity, right? Yes, and that right that was the first kill in the nightmare and when i saw those breasts it was really surprising yeah i'm like oh weird. i'm not used to nudity and that moment when he kills her in the shower obviously it's like a psycho thing and there was a psycho thing before that too when he falls down the stairs yeah um but like uh it was like an america's funniest home videos version of a shout of the psycho show he also, like dropped the knife and then she slipped and At fell this point, out. too, the, the Chucky audience is Friday night city walk teens. Mm-hmm. And I'm loving that he's putting these dress to kill and, and psycho references in there, but there's no way that the like your movie going audience is, is taking these things in. Yes. I barely am. And like, this kind of like sort of, uh, not because it was in the shower, part of the mud, like dry, pretty dry joke about. He doesn't really kill her. She slips and cracks her head open, like kind of like twist or yeah. something. I mean, the, the shower psycho thing people will get, but the I, I didn't catch the falling one until you just said that. And then yeah. I was like, oh, that's right. But the dress to kill stuff. and Yeah. The yeah. end when he's dressed with the, the, the nurse. And uh, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, there's also a dress to kill thing too. And uh, uh, later, but whatever. Um, the, uh, uh, so then the next kill, he kills the ventriloquist guy. I mean, that is so insane. The beginning of this movie is like, yeah. I'm watching a doll I've never seen before in this Child's Play movie. And he starts having an internal monologue. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he doesn't kill that guy, doesn't, doesn't no. he? No, yeah, because he doesn't him. kill. That's his whole thing, doy. It's like... Um, the I did like when Santa got killed though when he yeah. had his throat slit. Yeah. And I was disappointed when I hey, I usually you don't get tricked by the like, okay, cut, cut, yeah. cut. I usually you could see those kind of coming, or you right. know what the movie's gonna be that you expect yeah. to come. This genuinely got me. This was a very De Palma brought body double thing, too. <laughs> yes, yeah. it was. You're right. Uh uh Then we see uh uh, I don't know all of these like inside Hollywood jokes uh, with Jennifer Tilly and her assistant where she's talking about Oscars and uh, yeah. and um, and bound and and somebody's reading a variety newspaper yeah and bound jokes um, like this is really tired by this point like these it is it doesn't is feel very fresh long well what were you telling me last night about Jennifer Tilly at the show? Oh, I was telling you that 
Jennifer Tilly was a world uh, champion poker player. That's right. And I was saying, of course she is, because you could you imagine trying to read <laughs> Jennifer Tilly's poker face and her tells across the table. No, There's no way in hell. She's incredible. just so random and brilliant. That yes. Who's there, her husband? Uh, and she was married to Sam Simon. That's right. Okay. And I think even uh, uh, Sam Simon of the Simpsons. Uh, 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 I think even after they divorced, they had like a a cool relationship where they were still buddies and played uh, poker together and entered poker tournaments and stuff. I don't um, know what she's like. I'm really curious. How much of that on-screen persona is there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did... Look, like, I don't like diet jokes, but I guess I admire the actor who is comfortable making diet jokes. Yeah, she seems happy to sort of skewer herself in Brantley's notes. Yeah. He said that she really wanted to make the character a diva, quote, diva bitch, and yeah. that Mancini like likened her up made yeah. her a kinder character i wonder she, though if an actor wants to do that though because if you make it into complete uh broadness it maybe doesn't reveal true oh, yeah. assholery that if you played it like how it really is yeah it's like oh no it's just passive aggressive in me <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say oh, no, i forget uh uh when they make the um, jump, I loved Glenn's. Of course, Glenn does it. He escapes because they have that amazing shot where he's running. I know. And again, the style of this movie, I can tell that's a forest built in a stage. Yeah. And these are fake trees and a fake road and a truck's, I guess, in a stage somewhere. And that's like, I love it. I it looks like. Storybook. It looks like children's theater or something. Yeah. Like the puppet looks like we could be sitting in a Saturday afternoon, uh, yeah. and like gliding while he's running. Yes, he is getting a lot of glide there. Yeah. Um, the uh, 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 my eye is so trained to streets in Hollywood too that as soon as they cut to that street without even showing the Paramount lot. Oh, yeah. I was like, that's the street running up the Paramount lot. That's a, a Gower. Uh, you can uh, With the whale mural? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, gone, right? I think the whale mural is still up. Is though. it really? Yeah. Oh. It's right next to the like Dr. Phil uh, stages. Ugh. Yeah. Have you ever been on the... You've been on the uh, Paramount lot, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Um, the... Yeah, I don't know what those whale... that Those whales are... A, out like it, was Paramount a Wyland mural because he was famous in the was it the seventies or the eighties for doing those like the there's ah. the aquarium in Long Beach has them and he was just known for these whale murals all over. So it has nothing to do with this. Not like hey, we're making Moby Dick here. In maybe Paramount. I mean maybe it was Free Willy time. I don't know. To well, me, it looks so Earth Day ish. It seems like yeah, it's like their way be. of being like. <laughs> Could be eco friendly. We love the whales. Yeah. Um, the uh, 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 da <laughs> um, this movie seems to like to push the envelope. The next kill is like when the prop master's head gets sliced off. Yeah. And there's a part where it's a shot of like blood splurting out of the guy's decapitated body. Yeah. Falling onto Chucky and Tiffany as they make out. Mm -hmm. And then it 
pans or I think cuts to Glenn watching it all and pissing his pants. That I think was like the low point. I like, cause it just seems also like it's like really empty provocation. Like there's no, we just see a lot of pants pissed in this movie. Yeah. And also Tiffany pulling her top down. <laughs> At no point did I ever watch Bride of Chucky and think I would love to see the knockers no. on that one. And they, those breasts look fake. <laughs> <laughs> they are fake and they're sensational. What if she did pull them down though? They superimposed obviously very natural pendulous that breasts. Is so <laughs> that would be amazing. funny. That is so funny. <laughs> like Jennifer Tilly's actual breast, breast. She's the nude body double for Tiffany. And then Chucky goes, oh, those look so fake. <laughs> those, oh, those look so real. <laughs> oh, no. I hate real breasts. <laughs> I like real breasts. R-E-E-L. <laughs> um, yeah, then we get the... Um, Kind of uh, that gears us up right for another ugly scene where they pull down his pants to try to guess his gender. Yeah, that just didn't. That uh, that does not age well. Yeah, because it's also like doesn't make sense in the level of human beings watching a movie and trying to make sense of like where this movie's heart lies. But also, just doesn't make sense in terms of like, well, what's your junk, Chucky? What's your junk? Yeah. Uh, uh, Tiffany. Well, they've said that they now have human junk. So why doesn't, like if anything, Glenn should have had a jump on the game for junk because he came from, (laughs) those two were born dolls. So that means their bodies went through a process where their plastic molded bodies formed genitalia. Glenn, born from a doll, human, whatever, doesn't even get a jump up. It makes no sense that he wouldn't have. There's so much off-putting about this in terms of how Glenn is treated both as a character, but also just as a concept. Plus, add on to it that that's my daughter's name. And I'm just like, I know, I'm left so that. conflicted by this movie because I really do feel for Glenn. But also, Glenn's look is so strange and off-putting. And then this British voice, voiced by a hobbit, Billy Boyd. Yeah, every, there's just to too much compounding my, my feelings in this movie. It's so weird. Yes, and then introduce us the to new- Chucky and Tiffany first, get yeah. us on board. Then we find out they have a son. He should be irascible. He doesn't have to be killing people, but he doesn't have to be this like weird doe. And then add to it this new element of the Made in Japan stamp, which, by the way, it's 2004. Nothing's made in Japan anymore. That was an 80s yes. stereotype. And it, it never existed on Chucky's wrist before. You already no. have the amulet as the thing that's going to like connect stuff. Um, and then the atrocious music sting uh, that happens over Made in Japan. Yeah. Awful, awful, awful. Yeah. Um, um, the, uh, uh, no, and then the whole joke of her mistaking the real head as a fake head. Uh, business. Yeah. It was um, a pretty good prosthetic head though, I have to say. Yeah. And I, you have to assume that this was going to, um, this was supposed to be the universal, like, because this was supposed to be made by Universal before it became yeah. Rogue. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, like, when Glenn comes out 
and he finds his parents, there's like a Frankenstein thing. Oh, yeah. There's Did, a wolf man. Didn't you there's also a, think those were going to come to life? I thought because of the chant. Oh, God. That the, I thought, oh, they're going to release all these monsters. That'd too. be so cool. Yeah. Uh, hey, let's write some Seed of Chucky fanfic where those all come to life. Or they just do a flashback and they did. And they've been. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Yeah. Because I guess those are props for movies that are being shot yeah. there too. They're making a yeah. a Frankenstein and a Wolfman movie at the same oh, time. I want to talk really briefly about of how course. you see the backlot shot, and you know you get the classic shot of actors walking around in costumes, mm-hmm. but you don't even get a Roman centurion. <laughs> Or a Vegas showgirl or an astronaut. You just get these people in like spirit Halloween store Commedia dell'arte costumes walking by. It, 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 I guess $12 million in your Romania. I want to see know. real deal movie extras all yeah. walking around on that lot. I yeah. do want to see the centurion guards and the showgirl ladies. Yeah. Uh, what is a, if there ever is like a vehicle? Is it like a stagecoach or something? I'm trying to think of like when they're what a show like props. It'll be like oh, a yeah. horse getting pulled on yeah. a stagecoach. Oh, yeah, I've just, I'll never forget that in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. There's the guys from Kroll walking around. It's amazing. Oh, that's right. In yeah. the red, the like imperial, the palace guards of Kroll. Well, then he comes up and he asks them where he's going. And he flips up the thing and he goes. It's such a funny joke. He's like, hey, mom, yeah. can you tell me uh, where uh, the bike is? And she goes, yeah, stage six. Yeah. <laughs> he has a high voice. Yeah. He has a low voice. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Uh, now, this sort of leads us a bit into um, John Waters gets introduced yeah, here. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, he is such a great actor. Yeah, yeah. Like, when he has to get attacked by those dolls, like, I'm like, he's totally hitting the right yeah. tone in these movies. Um, uh, and uh, just when he popped up, it made me happy to see John, because he was also really funny when he's taking uh, Jennifer Telly's picture, and he goes, it was like ADR something, or, or, or they used it like, he wasn't even on camera. You just hear him go... Can you tell us your age? Oh, I know. What was the date you were born? <laughs> That's so weird. Uh, uh, just so invasive. And then, uh, um, uh, uh, but what I was going to say was, if I may quickly brag, uh, you know, I co-wrote the Pee Wee's big yeah. holiday movie. And uh, so when you brought this up, it reminded me that John Waters uh, is friends with uh, uh, Paul Rubens. And when Pee-wee's Big Holiday came out, um, when uh, John Waters uh, emailed uh, Paul Rubens about it, and Paul read the email to me. And uh, uh, not to say that we got... Uh, a lot of praise yeah. for the movie by saying this at all. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think the most meaningful oh, yeah. uh, praise was from John Waters about the movie and uh, what he said, which I thought was really cool. This is more a com- this is one thousand percent a compliment to Paul Rubens uh-huh. and the vision of Paul. But that this is what John Waters admires about the movie, but also the character, and he was like. It was so funny, and none of this 
hipster irony. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's so funny when I saw him in the movie and see to Chucky, I'm just like, there is no hipster irony. It is funny that a reporter would be so invasive to be like, yeah. how old are you? What date were you born? It's just like such a purely What's like your favorite sexual position. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So John Waters in this, and and then we learned in Brantley's notes that for the director, they, he really wanted Quentin Tarantino and wrote him a letter. Right. And so when there's all this Kung Fu stuff, like the ending and like the nurse, this came out the same year as Kill Bill that has like the dress to kill nurse injecting something in somebody's serum. But uh, so there, it seems like if it was written as if Tarantino had played Red Man's character, there would have been references already built in. But um, for some reason, he said no. I don't know. When you watch this movie, you'd think uh, anybody would. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, the movie uh, kind of, uh, if you read the script, you're like, so you think I'm a piece of shit? That's why you want me to. And do I mean, this? Red Man, I don't know. It didn't, none of that really worked for me. No, I like him. He's really funny. Uh, How High, like, is so funny. And he's really, like, uh, I love, as a comic actor, he cracks me up. So the only thing that made me laugh was his thing about uh, uh, that he got a vasectomy and stuff. Yeah. He couldn't be the child. That was a real twist. And then when he was like uh, saying, uh, well, I wanted Virgin Mary to be hot not pregnant she's like well she is pregnant he's like yeah but you know (laughs) (laughs) i thought that was a very specific type of dickness that like this movie was lacking yeah um but yeah what did you the dinner scenes and stuff and well the thing that killed me was when jennifer tilly goes calls him mr man (laughs) (laughs) i didn't catch that that. that's funny oh mr man (laughs) um now, uh, Glenn has this sort of ethical conversation with his parents about whether they should kill or not. It felt like Glenn in this moment was kind of getting uh, established as that trope of like the Connie Conehead or the normal girl in the Munsters. Oh, Marilyn, yeah. Like, yeah. The my parents I think are so. weird and I'm the normal one. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, but I was trying to think of any other... Are there... Yeah, I like that trope of, of like... Tongue. There is one. Do you think it feels, particularly with the Coneheads maybe, takes the form of kind of first generation, second generation families. Doesn't that seem to be kind of like yeah. the observational thing they're finding is like the kids who were born in a, in a country having different values than their right. parents. But it's funny that with, I don't know what's going on with this Chucky family in terms of differences <laughs> of values. Glenn says, no, no, no. Well, Glenn was brought up in a proper British society. <laughs> and Chucky, and Chucky says that he'll stop killing but he crosses his fingers. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, 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 then we have the Chucky. Now, look, Matt, if there was ever you wanted a movie where Pino Donaggio <laughs> scores John Waters playing a paparazzi while taking pics 
of Redman yeah. and Jennifer yeah. Tilly playing themselves, <laughs> making out, and then having that paparazzi start taking pictures of Chucky <laughs> masturbating. Well, then this movie's for you. <laughs> Is it? Is this the one? And then Chucky's like, I love when Chucky's like climaxing. He like starts laughing. Oh, I know. That was cracking me up. Like, I'm just so, what a great time. <laughs> I love sex. That's like the most wholesome Chucky's ever seen. It's I know. Like, I love this. I should have bought this movie for $4.99. Well, you could rewatch it then next time you have to do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Matt, did you know? Um, uh, curious. I was curious about my uh, sperm count, if yeah. I had a healthy sperm count. So uh, I I had to go and do it in a cup. You did? I almost did. Uh-huh. Uh, well, you know, in the movies and the TV shows, it's always the magazines. Yeah. Even in this, yeah. oh, Chucky's looking at porno magazines. But if you think about it, do you think that's really... If you, I hadn't stopped to think about it. Well, but... If I had to stop and think about it, I'm like, I bet after the year 2000, they're not always relying on VHS tapes yeah. and magazines. What were you going to say? Because when I went in there. Well, I, I'll i tell you my story after I never got in. But Okay. Uh, so when I got Not to in say there, I did it in the lobby. <laughs> Can't you just take this? Come on. I'm double parked. Ha, ha, ha. Yay! Yay! I love this. What fun! Uh, uh, they they just had a little uh, computer monitor hooked up. Oh, and like a uh, what are those things called that you know? Your Roku. It was basically like a Roku where you could go tick 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 and go like click on Pornhub. But I'm presuming they disinfect everything, or how does that work? I mean, that's definitely the thing. I'm is on top of mind the whole time I'm yeah. there. I was like, when, I mean, you, yes, I have to trust. <laughs> I was like, that this remote has been disinfected, this seat. Yeah. Now look, Matt. Yeah. Just because I'm telling every detail. Yeah. I didn't sit because of it. I didn't I don't like blame the you. position of sitting. So I was just like kind of like standing next to a countertop, like looking over my shoulder at porn. But I'm curious and not to get too personal. <laughs> no, I, I think it's too late for that on my end. Well, my situation is we, we were, had tried for a while to get pregnant and it just wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And, and we, it was COVID and we had our first consultation with an IVS, IVF person online yeah so we were about to begin that process oh uh-huh and then got pregnant oh naturally yes so yeah. just like 11th hour under the wire but i had gone to go get a sample tested my clinic or whatever gave me a a what do you call it? a specimen jar a, in a bag saying and i was supposed to go home uh, and then bring it back, but you had to like bring it back within fifteen. I was going to say something. it seems yeah. like then you'd have to do pedal to the metal. Though. And I almost would have been like, "It's a lot more convenient for me to just stay here. I don't yeah. want to drive all the way home. Can I leave a deposit?" <laughs> yeah, but also they, their rule was you can't use any kind of lubricant because it could interfere with the specimen, including any of your own <laughs> bodily lubricant. 
You know, really? Like it was. You think it was I, all part of the same piece? Offer any suggestions on like what are you what are you talking about? For here? this, for us to get uh, to know the exact sperm count, we need you to do a dry rub, basically, as, they, as we call it here at the lab. And so I was so relieved when we got pregnant yes. because you didn't a, have to like things are working. B like I didn't know how I was going to solve that riddle exactly, other than just like a long term friction. <laughs> what if you realize like you're like you know what? No matter any time of the day, it's always at least twenty minutes plus to get to the hospital, back to the lab. Yeah. So for me to time it, I'm going to have to just do it while I'm driving from the house to the lab. Well, you could park in the parking lot, maybe try. No, no, I want to just do it on the drive. And then get arrested as a sex offender. (laughs) Um, I wasn't, um, it wasn't um, for uh, necessarily like reproductive questions. questions or or or, or, or whatever it, uh, it was uh just knowing my body yeah um but um yeah it was uh it was funny because it was one of those things where you're like um man i've seen the comedic take on this scene a yeah. hundred times before i ever i thought maybe i was never gonna experience the real life take so the comedic take was the only one i was maybe ever gonna know i'm surprised that they, they just don't assume everyone's gonna use their phone yeah, it's funny that uh <laughs> I guess in the days before smartphones, they probably just had this set up and ready to go. But that must have really changed uh the game. I'm sure there were some internal memos kind of about at at Spurb Labs about hey, what are we doing now? It's yeah. 2010, people yeah. have these smartphones. Uh hey, I'm looking at pornography right now as I write this memo. <laughs> said this weirdo probably. <laughs> what if someone barged in and you're watching Chucky masturbate? <laughs> and even though it's a like on my phone it's digital i've w- washed it so much it actually has like worn out that part of the <laughs> it's burned on the internet screen. video yeah oh. <laughs> so i've watched it too yeah and it's burnt on my screen too so even when you're on like you know new york times there's still like this burned in <laughs> silhouette of chucky in the window i knew somebody who had an aunt and uncle truth this is first source this isn't uh, secondhand. This person saw it on their. Uh, my friend saw it on their aunt's TV, aunt uncle's TV. Uh, the Fox News bug burnt into the corner of their screen because oh, it plays yeah. enough. Um, uh, now I think with new screens that can't happen, right? Can That's you what I hear. Yeah. yeah, is that right? Um, but uh, I think the high point of the movie was the um, Chucky enjoyed pleasuring yeah. himself. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh. Now the uh <laughs> <This is> really funny. <laughs> 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 what a great time. Woo! It's like he's on a roller coaster. It's really funny. I know why they did it. I was trying to think of like why are they showing Chucky like if they're gonna show this, why are they showing him enjoy it? And I thought about it I'm like Nobody wants to see Chucky with like his eyes half closed and just be like. Ugh. But you know they shot that. They had to have. And maybe they shot it. They and shot like, it. They're uh, like, you know what? Even for us, this is weird. Can we and just, we have just Chucky- pulled a doll's pants down, and this is still too weird. Let's treat this like how a ten-year-old would, would. You know, it's just like, woo. Yeah, I am well, surprised. A ten-year-old though. is a weird. But I just mean like yeah. a, what somebody would imagine, right? Sex feels yes. like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um. The uh, um, and then this is where we get that real doozy of the Britney Spears lookalike running her off the road. I thought that was actually her for a second. 
Well, this was a controversy, I believe, um, uh, that they had her in the commercials. And I remember seeing the commercials mm. and being like, wait, is Britney Spears mm. in this? M- did she do a cameo for this thing that seems like it's a, she's a butt of a joke? And I could be wrong, but I think later they had to do disclaimers mm. that it was a lookalike. Um, but it's my least favorite type of joke. They're also in the spoof movie yeah, spoofs of is, yeah. a person we culturally don't like getting killed. And you're it's, not supposed to laugh. You're supposed to go like, yeah, it's the, the hanging at knots. This is at the Halloween haunt. This is a show built on that. Multiple exactly. Times per show. That's what you skewer. Whatever's popular in popular culture. So what was the classic one at Knott's Berry Farm that was like that? uh, The new kids or something like that? Well, it depends on the year. And so every Uh year, like if it was this year, God, I'm so out of popular culture though. Um, Well, what are... What if you're like, it'd it'd probably be... be, uh, Tom Cruise in Top Gun. Okay. Uh It'd be... uh, the characters of Nope. What or the else Stranger is, Things. The Stranger kids, Things yeah. kids. Um, Fuckboy Island. And then you uh, take the biggest one of that year, and that's the hanging. And then you end with hanging them. Oh, so there's some that get to survive? No, or they, they all, all get, get killed. They all get killed in like stage combat fights or <laughs> s- s- sort of stabbed. or yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it just became a parody of itself over and over again. This is yeah. the hanging. I've talked about this before. That the first one was Bob Rochelle was the first person hung, but he was just who was he playing? A, he was just a cowboy criminal. It wasn't uh, that type of thing. It was, and then it went to like hanging witches, like a Salem witch trial thing, and then eventually it became this pop culture skewer. That's how the stunt evolved. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm realizing that when I saw this, uh, that is such a joke. The 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 hanging the celebrity uh joke the yeah. like this would have been fall 2004 when i first uh moved to la it was like august 2004 and so i remember thinking like seeing the ad campaign and it being like it's supposed to be like chucky takes on hollywood it was oh, i think how the movie was kind of being sold and so <laughs> the ads always featured that like running britney off the road uh, and it promises them movie that did can't deliver on which yeah. it does seem like it's like jason takes manhattan it's supposed yeah. to be like chucky takes hollywood and it's not interesting that uh. um the uh 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 yeah oh the chauffeur guy yeah the this is like one of those mancini hail mary like crazy things that just would exist when you get to have control of yeah. your thing which is awesome yeah. but like 30 minutes in you introduce a character a chauffeur who to himself is going practicing what he's going to say to Jennifer Tilly that he loves her. And so you're like, I guess he's pining for her. And the next time you see him, they're just, they're making out. That was so confusing. So you're like, wait, you're pining for her while you're hooking up with her. Yeah. And then he just seemed like the most perfunctory. I mean, there is a truly bizarre moment near the end where the sun goes down. As I said, B roll footage of the sun going down over the Hollywood sign. The whole dinner with uh, uh, Jennifer Tilly, nighttime, nighttime, nighttime. They call the chauffeur to come. He's driving in daylight. (laughs) And then it cuts to him tied up in bed and it's nighttime. 
wild, Matt. I don't know. Maybe I, was, I missed something, but I think uh, that was weird. That uh, the only thing I could think of was that when they shot it in Romania, that was LA time. It was. <laughs> I was watching this at seven a.m. and falling asleep, so I couldn't tell you what's day and what's night. <laughs> Neither could Chucky. Um. Well, second. Um. Martha Stewart reference in a Chucky movie. That was hilarious that she's going to be executed. That was really funny, I thought. Yeah, that's kind of there in their Watchmen alternate universe. Nixon is still president and uh, Martha Stewart is getting executed. I also feel like I heard an early Ryan Seacrest voice popping up around there, right? He was on Kiss FM around then, yeah. Um, uh, Just a little thing. I my least favorite joke was that I just don't like any sort of um recovery treatment substance abuse jokes they're just like never funny to yeah. me about like the person who's like falling off the wagon or can't like that's just is a hard already if you're aspiring to make jokes of that that seems like yeah a tough thing low hanging fruit so I hated all the stuff of like the mom is trying to like kick killing and so she calls into a helpline and not to be like comedy teacher 101 but when tiffany calls into that she knows it's not for substance abuse right she knows she's calling for killing so this hack need i'm misunderstanding the thing you're saying because it's i'm interpreting it as what i'm going through it doesn't even work on a comedy. It's not funny. <laughs> she knows she's calling a helpline for this. This person just thinks he's giving her advice for that. There's no <laughs> Mr. Furley to the ear being like, whoa. It really annoying me. Cause it's like, if you're, if you're going to come at the King, you know what I mean? If you're going to make a joke about like recovery, yeah. then do it in a funny way. Not this like yeah. farce. Ugh. <laughs> Um, I hope I haven't been too negative on Seed of Chucky. Um, uh, it gets to the complete bizarreness when Glenn, who has a British accent when he dresses up as a woman, is doing an, like a Southern American lady voice. I all caps bizarreness when... It's a non-comedic scene where a light storm is happening, lightning storm, while Jennifer Tilly's tied to the bed and giving birth to children she doesn't want to have. And they're bringing out babies, and they're like, it's a boy. And Chucky goes, yeah, and a girl. And then Chucky like practically turns to camera and goes like, he says, ay, 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 ay. <laughs> <laughs> really that's him commenting wild. on the movie i know that i was in the movie well, going, watching so, the movie going yeah 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 so curious how curse of chucky's gonna deal with so many characters now we're like into lethal weapon four territory here where you got to be careful how many characters you bring in per movie because then you owe them a certain amount of and what's happening with andy <laughs> like as far yeah, as characters go and kyle and uh, when when she's in the position of being Andy at one moment, I'm like, this is so funny that it's Jennifer Tilly as herself not being believed about a killer doll. I'm like I've seen this scene before, yeah. but the yeah, what are they going to do like Lethal Weapon Four style? It's like 
I did think maybe this is how they're going to like clear the palette a little bit. Cause I noticed in the, when that scene was getting so crazy, Chucky finally went, would you look at this? This is nuts. What we're doing. Yeah. I felt like the smartest sequel move that this movie made. It's a good part five move was Chucky being like, why am I trying to be human? Yeah. My identity is I am. Yes. He says. I like that too. He goes, I am Chicky. Chicky. I am Chucky the killer doll. And I dig it. Yeah. And he's famous. He's yeah. like now well known. But wasn't there some controversy with that? Well, Brad Dorif yeah. was like, had a disagreement that. I love this actor stuff. And it, it's my favorite thing where he's like, no, I've been playing this the whole time enraged because of the anger Chucky feels that he's not human. Also, okay, buddy, you're doing a voiceover. It's not like you're- But that's what I love. It's not like you- you're, I know you are this character, but it's not- You're but, not um, George Smiley in a Le Carre, <laughs> like this this iconic character through time. You're Chucky the doll. But what I like about it is when an actor does push back and kind of has a question like that, it often can lead to really good things, which in Brantley's notes, it showed that like the line about, wait, I would just become human to be her chauffeur. Uh-huh. Like, why would I just enter the body of a chauffeur uh, for her movie star body? Um, I was like, you know what? Because Brad Dorif was like, I got a question here. And the director said, I have an answer. The audience ended up getting a pretty satisfying answer. Like, yeah. I was like, I could see that is why Chucky's finally accepting yeah. his dullness, is he doesn't want to be anybody's um, um, thing. Yeah. Yeah. He can most be himself if he remained the Chucky doll. Yeah. But, so, as a as part fives go, they're all, you know, bad. Uh, yeah, that's so and, funny. Uh, but as far as moves go... um. You know, having Friday Thirteenth fake Jason killing uh, in Halloween Five, killing the final girl from Part Four right away—that's mm-hmm. a bad move. Yeah. Trying to get into Freddy, how he was born and yeah. his mother gave birth to him and his progeny. These are all dumb moves for a Part Five. Yeah. But having Chucky say, "I'm ready to be a human being or or, or a doll," and I'm proud of it. I love it. That's yeah. that's I, I out of all those part fives, I feel like that was the best. And move. even in that movie, it's one good swing out of a bunch of misses with the like Hollywood meta thing and the Glenn, yeah, English. Glenn. I mean, Glenn English Glenn. I think at the end, it's almost like a Tommy Jarvis moment where, yeah, in him trying to defeat Chucky and chop him up. Now it seems like his psycho switch has been flipped. But I'd be pretty shocked if Glenn pops up in this next you think, one. Yeah. So you don't even remember. You've seen the next one. Well, I felt like him going, this is nuts. I don't think, I think it is a palate cleanser. I, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think there's any Tiffany. Or yeah. If I watched it, there might be a reference that I went over my head when I watched it because I hadn't watched Bride and Seed yet. But I know it gets more serious, right? Doesn't it get kind of back on the yeah. serious track or something? Yeah. I mean, this was, it's a wild, wild movie. Yeah. And it wasn't um, formulaic or standard, so that's good. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah. Um, 
Oh, oh, oh. The last thing is we got to talk because I feel like anybody who'd watch this movie would, one of their takeaways for like, ooh, that wasn't so good, was uh, the kung fu matrixy moment when Glenn starts fighting with Chucky and he like rises in the air and does like kicks in the air and like it looks like wire work. Okay. I have to apologize. This never happened on one of our movies. Then clearly there is a moment I slept through. Oh, well, you chose the right moment because... I don't remember that at all. You know how somebody, I forget who said it, uh, it's in one of those Halloween, making of Halloween movie books where somebody said, who is in Resurrection, my friend joked, you know you're in a bad sequel if Resurrection has to be in the title. Because by that point... Uh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I did uh, think... Okay, so Halloween Resurrection follows that rule. Resurrection yeah. is the title. People don't like the Halloween yeah. movie, but also follows the Kung Fu rule, which oh. is if Kung Fu shows up in your horror franchise, uh, <laughs> all is lost as well. So when that happened uh, here in here in uh, Cedar Chucky, was pretty abysmal for me. I mean, I, if I had to guess why this happens, part fives uh, are a little sloppy. I think it's because. Nobody ever thinks a horror movie is going to go yeah. just a trilogy. Yeah. So they know it's going to go part four. They're, they're not dumb. They know the audience isn't dumb. But four, for whatever reason, I think they think that's when they have to put it all out on the table. So you get final chapters yeah. and stuff. And like Chucky's now getting married. And at the end, he has a kid. They're just putting all the ideas out on in part fours. And then in part five, you got to answer to all that stuff or it's still there and now you got to deal with it in a complex like it seems to be this is when franchise get bottlenecked with their ideas there will ever be it's except screen five which is each time a screen yeah. movie pulls a magic trick what were and you gonna say that, sorry you're right though it is a magic trick it's yeah. not preconceived but it's contrary to the nature of horror movies but would there ever be a Kevin Feige like grand plan for ten movies of a horror franchise. Whoa! Because it's always by its nature low budget. You're greenlit for this movie. Okay, it's a big hit. And like the Saw movies, they pump them out every year, but they're they're just kind of like the get gr- me to the finish line of each one and make it good. Throw everything at it, which is good. You yeah. want to do that, but the what universe if there was, building it would be TV now, I guess. But still, yeah, it would be cool to be. To have some, yeah. It would have to come after the first one is successful. Yes. And then they're like, okay, we could see that maybe there's the possibility of doing eight of these. Yeah. Like most franchises do. So let's sit down and actually think of what these eight could be. Right. Because we know we'll make them anyway. That could be cool. Well, but you even had that opportunity with these three Halloween movies. Yeah. And they still, it's just botched. Well, wasn't that the idea too of the Tom Cruise mummy movie is yeah. kicking off this like universal universe yeah. of horror the, monsters and stuff? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that was crazy to think all the people that were tied into that. Well, that they were taking like scuttled. movie star superhero approach to it as opposed to, oh, just make three really un- cool, yeah. unrelated Dracula, Wolfman, Frankenstein movie, or a Creature from the Black Lagoon movie. I mean, it's so funny. I'm sure Benicio Del Toro had a good laugh. (laughs) He couldn't make Creature from the Black Lagoon at Universal. So then he went and just was like, okay, I'll make a version of that with The Shape of Things, and then it wins uh, Best Picture. That's a... Wait, what? 
I think he oh, originally wanted to make a creature Guillermo from the Black Lagoon movie. Benicio del Toro. Guillermo del Toro. Oh my gosh! Sorry, <laughs> but, uh, but Benicio, Benicio del Toro. Del Toro that's why I was like man. trying to follow it. Going, yeah. like, he wanted to make a creature from the Black Lagoon, and they wouldn't let. So that's why he made the Wolfman. I love that though. That he's like, no, I want to play a creature. From the... No, Benicio, play the Wolfman. Then we'll let you play a creature. Um, no, yes, yes. But yes, who, Guillermo. who were the actors? So Johnny Depp was going to be Invisible Man. Right. Um, Javier Bardem was uh, the Wolf. Wolfman, and then is Tom Cruise? He was just like the explorer. He wasn't, or does yeah. he turn into the mummy? Or he's trying to get? The I mummy? don't know. And Russell Crowe was Doctor Heckle and Mister. No, who was he? Was there a Frankie in there? Frankie Frankenstein. Angelina Jolie, I think, was Bride of Frankenstein. <sighs> wow, they really had this all lined up, and it's crazy that they had all those people on board and shit canned it. Well, I think um, as it's been explained to me a little bit with this, uh, or as I've been learning from this HBO Max uh, Batgirl thing that went down, um, a lot of times those projection things that you see at Comic-Con and stuff, uh, I'm sure most people know this, but those are essentially like what shareholder projections are too. And somebody was laid out the argument, it made sense to me, when you're showing your um, value of your company, you go, see all this Batman shit? It always makes a billion dollars. Each movie oh, makes a yeah. billion dollars. This movie Batgirl, it's worth, I'm, I'm saying it's worth a billion dollars. So our value yeah. is at least, is that plus how many other billions? Then you release a Batgirl movie and it only makes 200 million at the box office. Well, that property had more value just never being made mm. because it existed in a book somewhere or on a projection scale. And so just now us talking about that universal horror movie universe, like, God, they planned it all out and everything. Oh, I was like, yeah. did it just do its job of keeping right. them, uh, their shareholders happy? They looked at that thing and they're like, okay, this has value for the next year and a half. We trust in this business model. Right. It didn't even matter if those movies got made. It just was like <laughs> yeah. the value. It was just showing the, their assets, yeah. the value of their assets. Interesting. Which, which is uh, Russell Crowe as Dr. Jekyll. Uh, that's funny. Um, well, what's the next one? So the next one, is it cult or curse? It's curse, I think. Cursey. What's your best kill for this movie? Oh, um, my favorite kill, I, I thought that beheading was pretty. Yeah. And it sort of followed the slasher rule of the first big kill is kind of like one of the best so that when it starts off, you're like, hey, I like the teamwork back. effort of the wrapping the garroted wire. Yeah. And, yeah. So... Ratings, we each gave the first child's play a solid 10. Part two, I gave a nine. You gave it an 8.5. Part three, I gave a 10. <laughs> That's funny. I gave that a 10. You gave it an eight. I gave Bride of Chucky a 12, and you gave it a nine. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give this five and a half. Wow, yeah. No, six, 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 six. Six, six, six. six, six. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm with you on a six there too. I'm hoping this is the low Solid point. Six. Saw Next, six. Solid six. <laughs> Next up, Curse of Chuck. Curse of Chuck. Chuck's curse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't pack a punch when it's called 
Chuck's curse. Yeah, let's do that. Chuck's seed. Chuck's cult. Chucky's bride. Chuck's, Chuck's bride. Cult. Yeah, Chuck's play. Even if it's Charles, Charles's bride. <laughs> That's like a like Merchant Ivory film. That's what a kid would say if he wanted to go see Bride of Chucky and his mom's asking him, what are you seeing tonight? Yeah. Or can I have money for the movies? Well, what are you seeing? Charles's bride. Mm, sounds like a Merchant Ivory film. <laughs> I'm giving you double the amount of money, my young son. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm stoked to, 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 so we're over the hunt. We're over the, this is Thursday now. Yeah, the, basically. Uh, yeah. We've yeah. got three films less for this. We'll take a little break and then we're back with yuppies in peril. Yeah. Yuppie nightmares. And then yeah, we were calling it films. yuppie nightmares. And then I looked it up online and I said to you, Matt, I think people online call them yuppie in peril movies. So yeah. maybe we go for that. The, the thing I do like about yuppie nightmares is it's funny to think of them as, when they're experiencing them, they're going, this is the worst thing that could happen to me. This is my nightmare. I think it's better. I, I designed my house and now somebody's coming in and wrecking it. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's. It's because it's also our own branding. Let's call it Yuppie Nightmares. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. I just hope I don't have any in the meantime, any Yuppie Nightmares. You don't what? Oh, I don't want to have any at me night. Me either. I'm yeah. all, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to wake up peeing myself because <laughs> I was having a Yuppie Nightmare. A brown ochre yellow liquid. Ew. Ew. All right, we'll uh, see you next week. See you next week. Bye. For more Gorley and Rust content, head over to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early, plus monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gorley and Rust theme song by me, Matt Gorley, and performed by Townland, you can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Ken. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.